Well, Happy New Year. Woo! Thing is made for somebody with a much smaller head. So there you go. Not saying my daughter has a smaller head, but there you go. Um, Man, it's 23, 2023. Happy New Year, y'all. It is so good to see you. It feels like it's been so long. Man, I feel like somebody, I, it's like I haven't seen you since last year. It's crazy. You knew a dad joke was coming. Man, it is great to see so many of you today starting the year off right. You're right here in the house of worship to worship the Lord the way we should begin the year. So good to see you. I'm so proud of you for doing that. We know that a bunch of you are traveling, some of you are sick, and so you gotta join us online. We're glad to have you join us also online out there. And uh, hey, you know, in 2023, you know what this means. It means that for the next month, you're going to write the wrong date on everything, right? Like, you just know, like, oh, it's not 22 anymore. And you also know that it means it's that time of year when people start making resolutions and goals and they decide they're going to improve some areas of their life. And so I just want to remind you of some of the top resolutions Americans make every single year, right? Like, and you may find yourself in the category where you have made these same goals, these same resolutions year after year after year after year, right? Like topping the list every year is we decide we wanna exercise more, eat better, lose weight, get in shape, that all kinda goes together. We decide that we wanna spend less and save more money. We decide we wanna be more intentional with family and friends and where we spend our time. We decide that we wanna learn a new skill or learn a new hobby and get organized. We decide we wanna break some bad habits. We decide that we want to travel more and read more. And in a generic category, we decide we wanna be more spiritual more specifically, many Americans every year decide they want to read the Bible more and they want to pray more, they want to serve more. And many of those are really great goals. Problem is, we tend to make those same goals every year, which tells us that maybe we're not doing so good on following through with them. But of all the goals that we could set going into this new year as we begin 2023, I'm going to give you one goal, just one goal. And if you pursue this one goal above everything else, you give your all to it, I'm convinced that it will help you with every other goal, every other area that you would wanna pursue. And this goal is the pursuit of Jesus. Jesus was once asked what the most important commandment is, and this is what he said. He responded to the onlookers. He said, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. He's the one and only. And because he's the one and only, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second commandment is just like this. It's equal to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, to love God with all we are is so much more than just coming to church. It's so much more than just knowing the Bible and knowing trivia and knowing facts and learning more about him. It's so much more than just doing church things. Not that those things are bad, those things just aren't enough. To actually love God means we have to pursue God. To love Jesus means we gotta pursue him. This is year 23, and that means that my wife and I are going on 23 years of marriage coming up in June. I know the date, which is good. June 10th, 2000 is when we got married. Yeah, you're really applauding her because if you know me well, you know what an accomplishment it is for her steadfast patience, right? But for me to really know my wife, for me to love my wife is for me to know her. I've got to pursue her. 
For 23 years, I've never stopped pursuing her. She's never stopped pursuing me. And we know each other better now than we ever have before, but we know there's still a whole lot more to go. And it's the same way with God. Whether you are brand new to this, whether you are just checking us out for the first time and you're like, all right, it's a new year. I'm gonna check out this church thing. Let's see what it's all about. Not really in yet. Or you've been doing this for decades. You may have been coming to church and you may have been following Jesus longer and I've been sucking air in this world. And that's great. But no matter where you are on that spectrum, you still have more to know about him. So to love God doesn't mean just knowing more about him. It means actually knowing him more. Friend, did you know that You can have a relationship with Jesus, that you can know him, personally know him, interact with him, hear from him, engage with him. Not just know about him, but actually know him. And that's what we want to do. You know, if we were to look at all the encounters that people had with Jesus that are recorded for us in the Bible, and if we were to look at all the encounters people have had with Jesus over the last 2,000 years, What we would discover from all of those encounters is that just one moment with Jesus, just one encounter with Jesus can change somebody's life. Just one moment with Jesus can change your life. So, if just one moment with Jesus can change your life, imagine what spending an entire year with him can do. If just one moment with Jesus can reshape your eternity, what might engaging with Jesus and pursuing him for an entire year do for you? Well, what if we take an entire year, all of 2023, and we pursue Jesus with the goal of not just knowing more about him, but actually knowing him more? Well, what if we collectively, as his people here at Oklahoma Christian Church, said we wanna get to know Jesus better, we're gonna spend an entire year doing that. You know, each year we resolve to improve ourselves and to do better with all kinds of things, right? With with all those goals that I listed earlier, we resolve to do better. And and we resolve to do that and we stay with it for about three weeks. (laughs) Research indicates that most people, over half the people who set New Year's resolutions, fail at their resolution. You know how long it takes? One week. (laughs) Within one week, they've given up on their resolution. I'm gonna get in shape. Come next week, they're like, I'm happy with the shape I'm in. <laughs> I'm gonna eat better. No, I really like sweets. I really like my sugars, right? Like we decide we wanna do better. Like, oh man, I'm gonna spend more time with my family. And then you realize like, I don't know, sometimes I like my alone time, right? Maybe there's too much time with some of those family. Right? Like we, we change within one week. Of the other half of the people, they give up on their resolution. You know how long it takes? So half people give up in one week. The other half people, most of them will give up by the end of the first month, by the end of the first month. And of the roughly 10% who remain and actually see their goal of completion, they will actually change what success looks like by the end of the year. So what that means is of the roughly 10% who see their goals come through to completion, they've actually changed the goal along the way. Well, I set out to lose 20 pounds this year. I didn't gain any weight, so that's, that, that's good enough, right? Like, that's something, but that's not the goal you set out with. Like, changing the rules doesn't really count. So about 10% of the people change the rules. So what is it that helps us get to completion? In fact, here's the crazy thing. is most people make resolutions, and they expect to fail in them by the time February comes. Like, we just set out to fail. Like, man, I want to do all these great things, but I know I'm not going to do it. What? Like, that's just, it's disappointing. That's so discouraging. 
But there is some research that indicates that we can just immensely increase our odds at accomplishing our goals if we do three simple things. Three things, three factors of resolution success. The first one is have a plan. So you set out your goal and you say what you want that goal to be and then you have a plan to actually do it and you write that plan down. You get a plan for achieving your goal. Now, if you're a note taker, you can click in, you can text notes to 502-289-1387 and you'll have these sermon notes. You can save these for later. You can go back and look at them. I encourage you to utilize that. So the first way to reach success is to have a plan. The second one is to have a partner. When we have a partner, it greatly increases our chances of actually seeing our goals to completion. When we have somebody else who's holding us accountable, somebody else who's doing the same thing, who's engaged in the same goal as we are. It's like going to the gym. If you're just gonna show up by yourself, it's really easy to not show up. But if you're gonna meet somebody there and you bail on them, let's say you've got an early morning workout plan and you bail on your partner, you know you're going to hear about it. So the odds of you sticking with it skyrocket because you don't want to get the shame of being the one who didn't show up. So having a partner greatly increases your chances of success. And then the third one is having to pick me up. Having to pick me up. Now here's what that means. It means most of us will stumble with our goals. At some point, we're gonna trip up, we're gonna fail, we're gonna be like, oh. And the way to reach success is to have a plan to get back on the plan. Have a pick-me-up. Your partner encourages you, all right, let's jump back into it. You miss a week of workouts. All right, well, let's jump back into it. We just start back where we left off. You fail in your diet because Super Bowl Sunday isn't that far away. And you're like, oh, man, there went my diet. And they're like, all right, I'm back on it. And then Valentine's Day is right around the corner. You're like, man, those chocolates destroyed my diet. So you jump back into it. And then, like, listen, if you're me, there's like every weekend is a cheap weekend. I'm just telling you. So you just got to, like, have a pick-me-up for every Monday of the year. Like, all right, I'm going to jump back in because I know I failed on Sunday and I know I felt on Saturday. So here we go. We're, we're gonna jump back into the plan. We're gonna work the plan. So you gotta have a plan, you gotta have a partner, and you gotta have a pick-me-up. So this year, this year here at Oklahoma Christian Church, we are going to spend the entire year in the pursuit of Jesus, not just to know more about him, but to know him better. And we'll spend 52 weeks highlighting key moments in Jesus' life, highlighting moments from his preaching highlighting his purpose, highlighting his priorities, all under the common theme of pursuing Jesus to know him more. And our plan for doing that is this, Quest 52. And we're just calling it 52, the pursuit of Jesus. 52 weeks spent hanging out with Jesus. And we're gonna utilize this book. It's a 15 minute a day daily devotional on the life of Jesus. Now we have ordered a bunch of copies of this, of course, you all know what happened a few weeks ago. We had some terrible winter weather and that slowed down the shipment. So we've got a handful of these available today out in the lobby, but we will have a whole lot more showing up on Tuesday. So if you're not able to get your copy today, I encourage you come next week prepared to do it. Stop by during the week, we'll take care of you. But here's what I love about this resource is that it's 15 minutes a day hanging out with Jesus. It's written by author Mark Moore. Now, Mark is a fantastic preacher. He's also a fantastic professor. He was a professor at Ozark Christian College, and he taught the life of Christ for over 20 years before he went on staff with um, Christ Church of the Valley out in Phoenix. And he's a teaching pastor there. And Mark still is an adjunct prof for Ozark and for another uh, Christian university overseas. He's a fantastic preacher, author, communicator. He knows a thing or two about Jesus, but 
the best part about Mark is as I've gotten to know him, the man walks with Jesus. He doesn't, know, he doesn't just know about Jesus, he knows Jesus well. And he wants to help others do the same. And the beautiful thing about this resource is every week, it's gonna give you a reading from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, on the life of Jesus. And then there's a short essay from one of the other days that you read, written by Mark, that'll help you engage with that. And then there's some Old Testament readings that you'll do one of the days that help you engage on that same theme and see Jesus in the Old Testament. And then there's another day where you'll read about Jesus in some of the New Testament passages, and you'll see how the life of Jesus permeates the life of the church. And then there's discussion questions to help you engage with other people on this. And then there's application every week. So we engage our eyes, our ears, our heart, our mind, our strength, our hands. It gives us application. So I encourage you to pick this up and use this as your daily devotional. 15 minutes a day. You give Jesus 15 minutes a day throughout this year, you'll be amazed at how your life changes, how dramatically your life changes. What I love about this is that if there's a topic you are interested in, if, if you think we should be preaching on something, guess what we're going to? Because Jesus covers it all. <laughs> Jesus leaves nothing unspoken, leaves nothing undone. He hits every major topic. He's the most relevant communicator that has ever existed in the world because he's the one who created the world. And if you're curious what I'm gonna be preaching on, what our team will be preaching on throughout the year, it's all right here. Now, we're not just gonna regurgitate everything in here and give you the same old, oh, you read it, now you hear it. No, but we're gonna be teaching on the same themes. You're gonna hear some of those same principles come into play each Sunday. But if you wanna know where we're going this year, this is it right here. So there's your plan. How are you gonna to get to know Jesus better? Utilize this plan. Well, what about the partner? Well, here's our encouragement. We encourage every small group here at OCC to utilize this as your small group curriculum. Sermon-based small group material, it's devotional-based small group material. The, the homework is right here, it's within it. You read the essay, you read what's there, you, you join us on Sundays, the homework's done. The discussion questions are built in, the application questions, the, the service projects, it's all built in right there for you. We encourage every small group to utilize this. And if you have questions about how to do that, Mark Ledford, who's actually leading worship for us today, he's a 10-talent guy. How blessed are we to have that dude on staff? I mean, he's a great dude. He also heads up our Next Steps ministry, and he oversees our small groups. He can help your small group figure out how to best use this and, and the timing that's involved with that. But we encourage every small group to use this. I also encourage you, pick up more than one copy. In fact, the more you pick up, the better the deal is. One for 10 bucks, two for 15, three for 20. Buy one for yourself, a couple for friends, and give it to some friends and say, hey, let's get together for coffee every week or two. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Let's talk through this together. You, you do that, you, you jump into a small group, you, you grab coffee with a friend, you talk about this, you, the discussion questions are right there. You've got your partner built in. Now, what, what about the pick-me-up? Well, you know where we're gonna be. You know what we're gonna be talking about. So if you miss a day, or you miss a week, or you get into a slump and you miss a little bit, you wanna jump back in, I know what happens, the guilt hits, the shame hits, like, oh man, and you feel like you gotta make up on the lost time. No, 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 you just jump right back in where we are. It's not necessarily chronological, so you just jump right back in where we are. You can make up those other weeks later. Don't worry about it, you just jump right back in. It's got the pick-me-up built into it. So you got a plan, you got a partner, you got a pick-me-up. 
to help you achieve the greatest goal you could set for yourself, which is the pursuit of Jesus to get to know him better. Now, on a side note, if you've not already participated in Rooted, I encourage you, yeah, where my roof? <laughs> there we go. You can hear that Rooted's a pretty cool thing to do, right? Like already we've had over 350 people participate in Rooted in the last year here at OCC. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And I think you will hear from them that this is a worthwhile experience. It's worth doing. It's so good. So before you jump into a group that's going to cover 52, if you've not already done it, whether you're brand new to us or you've been around for a long time, I encourage you to jump into our winter session of Rooted. It's kicking off on January 18th. Most of the Rooted groups... Love it. Man, people get excited about it, and I love it. Most of those groups are going to be meeting on campus on Wednesday nights. There will be a little playroom for, uh, you know, doing different times with some different groups if you have to. But most of those groups could be meeting here on campus. It's a 10-week experience that will help you connect with God, connect with your purpose, and connect here at the local church. And it is so worth your while. It's kind of the DNA of who we are. So even though I love 52, you can use 52 as your daily reader and still have conversations about it. Some of those things will blend in right with what you're doing with Rooted, but make sure you jump into Rooted first and foremost. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So this year, this year we together will passionately pursue the one and only Lord Jesus. And we'll do it together. We'll pursue the one and only one together. But that's only half of what Jesus tells us to do, right? He says you gotta love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then what's he say after that? You gotta love your neighbor as yourself. You gotta love others. Now, the best way to show love to somebody else is to help them connect to Jesus. The best way to show love to another person is to help them find and follow Jesus. That's the most loving thing you can do. It's to help somebody else find Jesus and then journey with him, to help them pursue him. Now, there's so much oneness language we could highlight from the New Testament, from the entirety of the Bible. There's so much oneness language we could pick up on from Jesus. I'm gonna focus on one chapter where Jesus kind of brings it all to a point. Luke chapter 15. And the chapter begins this way. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus. I love it. The notorious sinners. <laughs> But that made people mad, right? Like the Pharisees and other religious leaders, they got upset at this and they were complaining because Jesus was associating with these lowly sinners. He was even eating meals with them. Now, to eat a meal with somebody was to say, they're okay, it's like to put them on the same plane as you, right? It wasn't just like, oh, I'm having this meal with that person. It's like, no, you're okay if we're having a meal together. So the religious leaders weren't liking that Jesus was associating and eating with all the sinners. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and how many? One of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 and leave them in the wilderness and he'll go search for the how many? One that is lost until he finds it. And then when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And then when he arrives, he'll call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. And in the same way, notice this language, in the same way, in the same way, Jesus tells us, there's more joy in heaven over how many? One lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Here's what that means. God loves that we come together and we gather and we're here, but that's not enough. He loves it when those who aren't yet here 
join us in what we're doing here. And there's more celebration when one new person joins us in this than there is when we just get together and nobody new is added to the circle. Jesus goes on and he says this. He says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses how many? One. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? She's gonna like look under the rug. She's gonna check the junk drawer in the kitchen, probably dump all the stuff out on the table, search through coins down there. She's gonna pull all the cushions out of the couch, look for it there. And when she finds it, she'll call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me. Woo, rejoice, because I found my lost coin. Now you gotta understand that the lost coin is like a lot of money at that time. Right, this is like, you've lost a gold coin, right? This is like thousands of dollars to you. You found the coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even how many? One sinner repents. God gets really excited over just one. You know what this means? It means we should too. It means when there's even one baptism, we should get on our feet. We should come out of our seats. We should lift our hands. We should put them together. We should, woo, we should celebrate. We should praise. We should let them know that we agree with heaven over what's going on in that person's life when they've surrendered to Jesus. Now, Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to illustrate the point further. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons, right? 100 sheep, one lost. 10 coins, one lost. Two sons, and the younger one told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now let's hold off on that next verse. This is such a painful thing for a dad to hear. This essentially is the younger son saying, Dad, I wish you were dead because I want your money more than you. Oh. And the dad does. He gives his son the money. And within a couple of days, his son has packed up all his stuff. He's taken the money, he's taken all the goods, and he leaves. And he goes off in wild living. And he buys the fast cars. They didn't have cars. And he buys the fast camels. He buys the fast women. He buys the fast booze and the fast everything. And he's like living it up and he's drinking it up. And then he runs out of money. He squanders. He just blows through it so fast. And then the economy tanks. And he's got to find a job. And he finds his job working like the worst job for a Jewish guy is taking care of pigs. And he's in the pig slop. And he's taking care of these pigs. And it's like pigs are unholy to them. And it's just terrible. And he's there. And it's like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And he's slurping slop with the pigs and then he comes to his senses verse 17 tells us when he finally came to his senses this young boy is like what have I done he says to himself at home even my dad's servants are eating better than me they have food left over enough to spare and here I'm I'm dying of hunger and so I'll go home I'll say to my dad father I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you I don't even deserve to be called your son any longer and so he goes home says, just please hire me on as a servant. And while he's still a long way off, he returns home to his father. And while he's still a long way off, the father saw him coming. Now pause right there. The dad sees him coming. You know what that means? It means the dad was looking for him, waiting for him, anticipating his return, hoping for his return, pleading with heaven that his boy would come home. The dad is right there waiting for the son. And then he sees his son come and the dad runs to him, which is totally out of character in that culture. But the father runs to his son. Next verse, we got up there, filled with love and compassion. 
filled with love and compassion. He runs to his son and embraces him. And the son starts in on a speech. Dad, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I don't deserve to be called. And the dad interrupts him. He says, nonsense. You're my boy. Welcome home. And he looks at his servant. He's like, bring the best robe. Bring that smooth suit for this kid. Put the slickest shoes on his feet. Fire up the grill. Put on the steaks. Smells like Outback. Smells like Jeff Ruby's. Smells like Ruth's Chris blowing in the air. Yeah, they cook up the grill. They're rolling the steaks, man. They're grilling them up. He says, hang the streamers. Turn on the party lights. Get the music going. And like the party begins. He's like, we got to throw a party because my son was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. And all this is happening. And the older brother's out in the field. He sees everything going. He smells the steak across the field. He's like, what? What's dad doing, man? He looks. He sees lights happening. He sees the smoke going up. He hears the music in the distance. He comes up and he asks one of the servants, what's up? The guy says, your brother's back. Your brother's back. And the older sounds like, that's terrible. My, my younger brother's a punk. All this for him? I ain't going in and celebrating that. And his dad comes out to him and says, my boy, my boy, what, what are you doing? He says, I've been your servant. I've been like a slave to you. I've never left. And, and you've never done this for me. And the dad it's just broken. He's broken. He says to him, look, my dear son, my boy, look around. You've stayed by my side this entire time. Everything I have is yours. It's yours. All of it. You want a party like this? You want the steak, you want the suit, you want the music, it's yours. Anytime you want, it's yours. It says, but we had to celebrate. I love that language. We could not, not celebrate. We had to throw the party. We had to kick up the band. We had to kill the fatted calf. We had to celebrate because your brother who was dead is alive again. He was lost. I was found. Don't think that you're missing out. Join the party. It's for you too because you're already part of it. We had to celebrate. He was lost. Now he's found. My friends, I tell you, there is so much we can unpack from these parables. We spent all year digging into this. There's so much richness to it right there. We just don't have time to dig into all of it. So I just want to point out one thing. The one language. Did you hear it? Did you hear God's heart for the one? For the one. Did you hear how excited God gets over each one who comes back to him. For each lost sinner who comes home. For each one who returns. For each one who's lost and is found. For each one who is dead and finds new life in Jesus. Did you hear God's heart bleed through for just one? That God celebrated with all of heaven when you were the one. But he wants you to join in the party for all the other ones. And listen, we still got a lot of ones who need it. So who's your one? 
See, to reach everyone, each one of us needs to reach at least someone. In fact, everyone begins with your someone. We won't reach everyone till we each reach someone. So who's your one? Who's the one person that you want to connect to the one, the one and only Lord Jesus Christ? Who's the one in your life? And if you're like me, you have several ones, but there might be one who surfaces as prime amongst them as the one who you really want to see connected, the one. When you came in today, you received a card like this in a pen. And I encourage you to grab that card. I encourage you to grab that pen. If you didn't get one, that's okay. You can just use your phone and you can go to the notes app. You can go wherever on your phone and Make a note to yourself. You join us online. You didn't get one of these today because you're online. But that's okay. It's just a piece of paper and you can write, just grab a piece of paper, write a name down. But I want to encourage you to think about your one. The one person in your life who you desperately want to see get to know the one. Because this year as we passionately pursue the one together, we also want to relentlessly pursue everyone who's not yet here with us. And I want to give us a moment to think on who our one is and to pray for our ones. I'm going to lead us in a moment of prayer and we'll continue on. God, we know you are passionate about all the ones who are not yet here with us. And so God, in this moment, I pray that you bring to mind the ones for us to reach. I pray that you help us connect to the ones to relentlessly pursue them as we pursue getting to know you better, that we would help them do the same. And God, in this moment, I, I'm just convicted to pray for our prodigals, to pray that you would do whatever it takes to bring them to their senses. God, it's such a hard prayer to pray, but I pray that you would wreck their lives if it means you'll save their soul. For all those who've wandered and strayed and they're out there living it up far from you. God, bring them to their senses. Bring them to the pig pen so they see their need to run back to the Father. And God, that's such a hard prayer to pray because we want to shelter them. We want to soften the blow for them. We, we want to intervene for them. We, we don't like to watch them fail. But the father in the story let his son go and he let his son fail so that his son would come back to him. And God, we, we just want to see them come back to you. So do whatever it takes and keep us out of the way. But God, when they come home, I pray that we would celebrate like the Father with compassion and love overflowing, that we would run to them and celebrate them, that we'd strike up the band and put on the grill and put on the party, and we'd celebrate with you and all the angels of heaven, rejoicing. But God, I pray that you would give us just one for each one. God, show us who that person is for each one of us. And birth in us a deep conviction to be relentless in our compassionate love to help them connect to you, to find you, and to follow you, to pursue you alongside us. God, we pray this for their salvation and we pray this for your glory. Amen.
fronts this year, I want us to have a really intentional perspective. I want us to have an each one reach one for the glory of the one kind of mentality. I want you to hear that again. Each one reach one for the glory of the one. Because that's what God calls us to do. And, and if you're resistant to that, I think you're missing the Father's heart. In fact, I think you're missing the point of all this. And it doesn't mean that we're going to abandon growing together here. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean we're going to abandon what God wants to do in us with those who are already here. No, that's why, we're, that's why we're pursuing Jesus together so that we continue to grow. But part of that growth is that we would continue to go. If you're not going, you're not growing. If you're not reaching, you're not, I just don't think you're engaging. I think you're missing the dad's voice if your heart has grown cold for the people who are far from him. And so this year we will passionately pursue the one and only Jesus and relentlessly pursue everyone else, all for the glory of the one and only God. So let's get really intentional about introducing other people to our Lord, to our Savior, for their good, for their salvation. But here's what that means. It means that helping everyone find and follow Jesus gets us to the heart of God. let's, Let's back up, right? John 3, 16 tells us that God sent his one and only son. How many sons? He sent his one and only son. Why? So that every one of us would not perish in hell, but have life forever and eternity in heaven with him. He sent one for everyone. So he sends us to all the lost ones to connect to that one son. But here's what that means. It means that helping everyone find and follow Jesus begins with one. Next slide there. Helping everyone find and follow Jesus happens just one at a time, one person at a time, with one conversation at a time, with one act of compassion at a time, with one prayer at a time. Listen, I I encourage you to put this card somewhere where you see, you put the name on it, you put it in your mirror where you're gonna see it every day as you're brushing your teeth and while you're brushing, you pray for this person. You put it on your fridge so every time you go to the fridge, you see their name and you pray for that person. You put it on your dash so that every time you're driving, you're praying for that person. Don't pray with your eyes closed when you're driving. Just, But it's an each one, reach one, and it begins with one and it happens one at a time. It happens with one cup of coffee at a time, one meal at a time, one visit to the hospital at a time, one visit to their home, one visit to the ball game, one visit to the park with them, wherever you're doing. It happens with one display of mercy at a time, one act of compassion at a time. It happens with one invitation at a time, one invitation to join you, one invitation to say, hey, listen, man, I, I know that you don't really believe in this Jesus stuff, okay? But, but I do, and I'm doing this, this pursuit of Jesus thing this year. And I would love to know what you think about it. And so I bought you the same books that I'm using. And I'd love for you to, to take a look. I'd love for you to read the essay and, and, and read the gospel portion. Even if you don't look at anything else, just read that little gospel section, read the essay. And then let's grab some coffee. Let's grab some lunch. Let's just grab a conversation. And you tell me what you think. And listen, you don't have to try and convince that person of God. Because you get them reading about Jesus and spending a year investing in Jesus, pursuing him, wrestling with it, they're gonna find that their life is pretty empty without him. All you gotta do is put the book in their hands. And you just gotta start the conversation. And I know I get pretty geeked up on inviting people, inviting people out to a meal, inviting people to join you at your home, inviting people to join you at church. And here's the reason, it is not because I'm some ego-driven pastor who's gotta have a big church. No, 
It's because I was once lost and I've been found. I was once dead and I've come to life. And I know the great big love of my great big God. And I want everyone else to know that same love. And I'll tell you, church, I'll tell you, our church is too small. Every church in this city that praises Jesus is too small until everyone is found, until every lost one has come home. And so we will be relentless in our pursuit. And and listen, this year, we're gonna continue to provide some opportunities for you to engage with with your people. We're still gonna do a a spring fest and a fall fest and a summer, summer, we're not gonna do them in that order, but we're gonna do the fests in, in hopes that we can provide something great for our community, in hopes that we will each invite just one person to join us there, who will continue to engage with our public schools, especially Southern High School. And we're revamping the mentoring program there. And we've got some great new opportunities to engage with the students there beyond the school day and to be more outspoken with our faith. The school's inviting us to connect with them. And so we've got some great things coming there. But we're gonna continue to engage with our missions and our missionaries around this nation and around the world. And I encourage you to engage with those things. And of all those, we're gonna get really focused on one school and one community and one church and one place. And we're not gonna abandon the others, but we're gonna get really intentional about that one. And we're gonna plan a new church under the relationship we have with Restoration House Ministries and their umbrella organization orchard group and we're still going to connect other churches but we're going to get really intentional about establishing that one church and you're going to hear more about all these opportunities but we've got so much going on there's so much ahead of us this year so many ways for you to reach others so many opportunities for you to invite them to come and connect with you as we pursue Jesus together so here's what I'm convinced of as we all passionately pursue the one and only Lord Jesus together, and we relentlessly pursue the ones in our lives to help them connect to Jesus. If we do that, if we all go all in in our pursuit of Jesus and the pursuit of others, I'm convinced that 2023 will be the best one yet for this church. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are the God of the one, that you are the one and only Lord the one and only Savior, and that you came from for us. You came from heaven to earth to love us, to pursue us, not to condemn us, but to save us, to rescue us. God, what a beautiful truth that is. May we never lose sight of that. And it's all about what you have done and not what we are doing. So God, in response to your love and your compassion that you've run to us, God, we just wanna run into your arms but we don't want to run there alone. So God, would you break our hearts for those who are far from you? God, would you increase our mercy and our compassion and our conviction to winsomely share your good news with everyone? But God, may it begin with even just one for each one of us. God, thanks for saving us. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for inviting us into your mission. What a beautiful, holy, sacred opportunity and responsibility to partner with you, the God of all creation, the God of the universe, and helping people who are lost be found. People who are dead in their sins come alive through Jesus Christ. God, we pray for the year ahead. 
We pray for what you will do. And we thank you in advance. And God, now may we lift our voices high. May we sing loud and proud in our declaration of our surrender to you, of our commitment to you, because you are the one committed to us. So Jesus, we pray. Amen.